Bay of Blood, a.k.a. Ecologia de, del Delito, 1971. It has like two or three other names besides that. I think Rolls I've got the right off the tongue. Sure does. Yeah, I, Bay of Blood's actually a good name for a movie. I'm not going to lie. I like I it, yeah. Directed by Mario Bava, written by Mario Bava, Giuseppe Zaccarillo, uh, Filippo Antonio, uh, music by Stelvio Cipriani, which that music, God Almighty, that was one step removed from a 70s porn music. That's all I have to say. Like, <laughs> I was, the struggle was real with the music. Not the just, music sucked. Yeah, not just any music that was supposed to give any kind of upbeat tempo, but the 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 gentle orchestra music that was so calming and relieving. It's like what the fuck. It that was a a, a giallo type thing though. Okay, I admit like the Italians. They the the Italians in during this time period, the way that their music correlated to the scenes on film is almost like how we talked about with Japanese movies, where you got like this dark yeah. scene, but then like pop, you know, light airy pop music's playing. <laughs> Same thing. I don't know why they thought that was a good idea. It took Americans to say, if you're going to have a dark scene have like harpsichord, some kind of sharp sound. Hell, have it like in a, you know, in, in like an octave lower than it should be, but fucking make it dark. Don't make the music like light and airy. That's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> um, made for a budget of 500000 it made $60 million. Wait, what? <laughs> Repeat that, please. 500000 budget, made $60 million. Wow. Fuck, that's big for the fucking 70s. How in the fuck did this movie make $60 million? You make a a horror movie, and I mean, on a cheap budget, I mean, which 500000 is actually a lot for this movie. I don't know how they, why that took that much of a budget to film this, but still. It didn't even feel like a horror movie. This felt like more like a a true crime. Wait, save it for the... Save it for the trip or not trivia, the, the reviews or the, yeah. Well, it technically wasn't a horror movie. They say it's the most slasher of the giallos, but it also is a giallo, which means it's a thriller crime mystery. That's what and it is. And is this early in the gelatos too? Like, or is this like mid gelatos? This is like mid, like okay. they started in the late, the late, the middle sixties okay. inspired by psycho of all things. And then they, uh, the, then by 75, 76, they peaked, and then Slashers came in 78 and said, fuck you all, we yeah. get better. And that's basically how it went. Okay. They still make them today, but they're like they're almost like how Slashers are today. You know how Slashers had their heyday in the 80s, and then some in the resurgence a little bit in the late 90s. Yeah. But you get like stuff like Terrifier, you know, uh, coming out now. That's like Jallos. They just released one on Shudder, I believe, uh, from Argento, of all people, like uh, – Dark Sunglasses, I, I think's the name of it, and it's totally a giallo. It throws back to that whole genre again. So, okay. um, Principal players, Claudine Auger playing Renata Donati, the estranged daughter to Filippo and heir apparent to the Bay Real Estate. Uh, Luigi Pistilli playing Alberto, which is Renata's husband. Luigi Claudio- Pistilli. I was Luigi. saying all I was saying their names all Italian-ish when they were reading them. I was like, oh, my God, they're literally all Italians. Yeah, uh, Claudio uh, Camaso. Something weird that I didn't mention during Deep Red. That movie was filmed with Italian actors doing it, it talking in English, and they have both an Italian audio uh, audio version of that movie and a an American you know or English version, and neither one of them match what they're saying. Because oh my God. Where they were Italian actors doing American voices. They their accents are not right for either one. 
Okay. <laughs> is that what happened in this film? Because it seems like uh, this, there was times where the track was off. Dubbed. Okay, that this makes was sense. Up dubbed. But they yeah. were they were speaking English, but then it was dubbed over because the the yeah. their lips matched what was being said. It's Latin, so a lot of it has English. Uh, yeah, nomenclature it, it's to it. a little close enough to where it looks like they. But I, I they might have done something similar where they tried to make it for American audiences, but the accents were just too thick and just didn't work, so they had to dub over it. Yeah, it's it's a weird effect. Okay, it just really is that makes sense. Uh, uh, Claudio uh, Camasso playing uh, Simon or Simone, as it looks how it's spelled, but Simon's how he's pronounced in the okay. movie. The illegitimate, illegitimate son of Frederica. Ah, you are right, babe. <clears throat> yeah, this was hard to follow. It was story. kind of hard to follow. Yeah. Oh, uh, wait, wait till I do my uh, synopsis of this. Oh. <laughs> Chris. Chris Avram uh, playing Franco Ventura, the neighbor to the Count Countess who wants to take the real estate for himself. Uh, he seemed like he was like one of those, uh, almost like a, a Italian bond or something is the way they set him up in this movie. Like a, you know, uh, like a ladies man, like rich, you know, whatever. Uh, Anna Maria Rosati playing Laura, which is Franco's girlfriend and co-conspirator. Uh, she's a hoe. Nah. Um, <clears throat> Leopoldo Trieste playing, uh, Paulo Fasadi, amateur bug enthusiast. <laughs> neighbor and hates that the bay might turn into a resort you always got to have a weird ass like at least one person if not a couple in a movie yeah him and his his wife laura played by laura betty who plays anna who's a wannabe mystic and psychic you couldn't get a weirder pair like one guy's in the basement fucking around with a bunch of bugs which speaking of that mario bava felt really bad because one of those bugs did get stabbed on like one of those which not that i care because they look like water bugs and they look gross but uh, they, they that bug was killed on film, so I don't oh. care what they put at the end of it. It was killed. We had a um, rut row Scooby. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the wife, the the mystic man, she takes the cake. It's almost like she was the '70s version of uh, uh, early '70s version of Hannah uh, or uh, Helena Bonham Carter. Oh like, yeah, that's, that's exactly I what I was thinking. <laughs> she was also too um, weird to be the main protagonist in this film. Or any kind of protagonist. Well, yeah. Um, I don't know if there is a main protagonist. When no, I get to yeah. The, this movie is just, it's weird that way. <clears throat> Brigitte Skay plays Louise, a random ass hoe who just wants to swim in the water, teeming with corpses. <laughs> Hell and, yeah. Uh, the German. And likes wearing dresses that don't cover her ass either. I don't yes. know if you noticed that, but the very first scene, like she bends over just a slight bit and her ass is showing. I'm like, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that German girl, I was just like, what the fuck? I thought she was French. No, the other girl was French. Oh, okay. Well, um, I don't know. Okay. You guys, I don't know if you remember this or not. I think you guys would remember because I feel like this would be a core memory in your guys' brains. But those dresses came back in the 90s. Those baby doll velvet oh, yeah. dresses. I remember. So I had a few of those. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, that that happened. And this was before I realized wearing boxers is where it's at underneath dresses. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that that was a thing. So, and I, but I wasn't hoeing it around like that one, trying to show. But I also. Oh, ha- she deliberately, she knew what she was doing. She knew yeah, what she was she doing. She understood the assignment. Uh, but I've also never been quite the lady either. So uh, I needed to not wear those dresses. Yeah, there was a reason those dresses required the woman to basically bend at the knees and go straight down. Yes. Like you could not bend any other, other way, way without yes. showing something. Yeah, don't lift your hands uh, up to grab something <laughs> off, this, off the, you know, fridge. Yeah. yeah. It was all bad. 
Paula Montanero playing Sylvie, another random ass hoe who gets it good. In more ways than one. <laughs> more she ways gets than the one. hard rod. Uh, <laughs> Guido Boccaccini. Guido. God damn. <laughs> what the fuck? Guido Boccaccini. That's a hell of a name, by the way. Bada da booba. <laughs> plays Luca, the wannabe playboy, pays the price for banging a random ass hoe. <laughs> yeah. um, Roberto Bonan, uh, Bonanini or Bonani, uh, who plays Roberto, who's a dipshit that dies and doesn't even get to spend time with a random ass <laughs> hoe. What? He had, he had the hottest the... hoe of the group, and he, he just sits there and what plays the games or whatever the fuck, fuck he does. What's going on with his hair? Oh my God. <laughs> it's like someone torched a poodle and glued it on the top of his head. <laughs> that, that made me so happy to see that. I'm like, this is a classic 70s look oh, right here. This I seen that bullshit. and I couldn't stop and I just kept commenting the whole time watching me. I was like, what the fuck is on his head? Like, what is that? <laughs> it was, was like some weird. Because, I mean, he, he had the hoiest of hoes in the movie and he didn't even attempt to go find her. Like, I mean, he's like, I'm just going to wait for her to come back. I'm going to sit here and, you know, mess around with some shit in here. You go bang in the other room. Well, you know, his whatever. hair was like some pre mullet. But, like, the consistency of poodle hair and, like, the same. It, it was like if Michael Jackson had caught his hair on fire, you got to see him right away. Like, the aftermath of what his hair would have looked like would have oh been something God. like that. I couldn't get over that. I, I could not get over that. He did have poodle hair, and they looked like pubes. That really oh, it was bad. It was awful. <laughs> Giovanni Nuvoletti playing Count uh, Filippo Donati, who murders his wife for a piece of property and gets shanked immediately after that cracked me up so that much. That was yeah, that was awesome. And let me let me throw this out there: I never once in my mind realized that you could uh, never even thought about it. I had no reason to think about it that you could you could hang, uh, you know, uh, at least a paraplegic from like two feet off the oh, ground yeah. and actually kill him. Okay, that makes more sense because she couldn't use her legs, and I'm like, well, she was well, trying no, to. No, no, I don't think she was paraplegic. I think she was as old as fuck and didn't have the strength. So when he, they, they hung her, she didn't have the strength to get off off the ground. Well, even without that, it's just it, it cracked me up in a, in a bad way. Yes. To see, she was only two feet off yeah. the fucking ground. Like if she, she had applied herself, she could have lived. The one thing I was thinking about the time when that was happening is like, why don't you just pull your knees forward so you can rest on them? <laughs> Could yeah, she have something? Yeah, I mean, she was not. Oh, I didn't. That was not that far off the ground. That's what I'm saying. I was watching that. I was like, she could just pull her knees forward. She probably could have because back then they probably couldn't execute a very good hanging. Which I think they. I'm spoiler alert. This was my favorite death scene. Well, obviously there's. It's it was a pretty good. It was pretty good. Um, the way she was dying was pretty pretty good. Yeah, I'll give it that. But the, I was just thinking about. I was like, why don't she just grab her knees and pull them forward? <laughs> I thought the same thing, but that was not my favorite kill in the movie. And oh. I'll get to them. I, I, there's some of the I kills mean, in this yeah. movie that I love for just how fucking insane they were. Um, we had, and then we rounding out the cast. We have uh, Issa Miranda playing Countess Frederica Donati, the rich old bitty that dies being literally feet off the ground. The um, star of the show. <laughs> so let me let me prepare for this synopsis here, and you'll get to what I'm getting at by the end of this. <clears throat> Uh, Filippo got with Laura. Laura was with Franco. They were sharing Laura's body and trying to score some dough. Frederico was hung by Filippo, not even two feet off the ground, but Simon shanked Filippo when he decided to stick around. Simon killed some teenagers that were playing stupid games. He stabbed them while they were fucking and they couldn't get away. Renata found the bodies while looking for a will, and that's when Franco decided to end a bitch, if only for the thrill. 
Franco swung an axe to take off Renata's head, and while it should have been a better shot, she got him in the leg. There was an ever-present uh, Paolo and his goofy wife, the Mystic. They were uh, snooping into places they really shouldn't have visited. <laughs> Simon choked out Laura. Alberto hacked up Simone or Simon. They were all in love with dying and drinking from a fountain that was pouring like an avalanche Shut coming the down the mountain. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> I started writing the synopsis for this, and I'm like, motherfucker, this is just like, this sounds like the pepper from the butthole surfers. Oh I've got God. to write it in that, that tone. I that's don't what mind I did. the sun sometimes. Because <laughs> it was like, literally, like one person killed another, killed another, blah, you know, one after the other. I was like, I, I have to do this. Oh, my God. I'm going to slap you through this fucking internet. <laughs> I'm going. I quit the show. <laughs> Body count, 13. Everybody but the two kids dies oh. in this fucking movie. Oh. And I love it. Which, I love it. Were Whoa. the kids even in God. the billing that you mentioned? No, I didn't <laughs> even put them in there. Spoiler alert, Every guys. There's two I kids in this dies. movie. Oh, my God. Yeah, this... I'm not going to talk too too much about this movie because uh, there, there's it's not that well put together. It honestly it's is. So hard. Don't say. It's so hard to follow what was going on. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. And, you know, by the way, he stayed I'm, awake for this movie. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, though. The, 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 there's several, there's a couple things that kept me in this movie. The batshit crazy plot yes. where they just kept, you know, one-upping each other on deaths. Uh, the the fact that the, some of the kills in the movie, because I'm going to throw it out there, that kill where uh, Simon uh, pegs both those, uh, you know, the, the teenagers in the bedroom with oh, a, yeah. a steel, you know, uh, rod or whatever through both of them. Uh, chef's kiss. I love that fucking kill. That was great. Yeah, that was a good one. I was laughing so hard just because it looked like she was still moving around the same way. And I was like, you're dying. <laughs> you know, I, I, um, I remember seeing a kill like that. And I'm trying to think what Friday the 13th where he stabs both of them. When that's in the, in the trivia, yes, yes. And I was just thinking, uh, like, when I seen that as a kid, I was like, that's awesome. How come no one's did that before? And then I seen that last night, I was like, oh, they did do this back in 70 fucking six or whatever 71. it was. 71. 71. Yeah. <laughs> like, not that, but it was almost done better. Yeah. Uh, Friday the 13th stole from this movie. And yes. not just in one movie, but two. The scene where uh, Simon uh, kills... Um, uh, one of them by hacking them in the face. I, I believe it was Luca or, if I, or not Luca, but Roberto. Whenever he hits them several times in the face with that, like uh, Billy Hook, you know, yeah. the, the yeah. you know, it looks like a machete, which mm -hmm. hint, hint, you know, Friday the 13th. Um, that is directly copied, I believe, in, in the and in Friday the Thirteenth, uh, the original movie, and then Part Two takes the scene with the steel rod through two people that are fucking. So that's two special, different Friday Thirteenth movies stole from this. That special effects when he hacked the dude in the face was actually pretty good. For yeah, the time. it was actually. I and didn't then enjoy when you that, when yes. you see him pull it out and it's stuck in, um, which I, I got to go on a quick side tangent because it has to do with the machete. Um, apparently, some guy got hacked in Rancho Cordova by a machete by a crazy homeless man. And I was hearing this story on my way to work. Uh, Crystal was telling me the story. Oh, Shout out God. to Crystal. And our son was laughing the entire time. And nice. he was like, and I was like, Benny, I was like, son, what is so funny about this story? And he goes, <laughs> Friday the 13th, Jason Voorhees. Like, and he's laughing. I'm like, oh, Buddy, this is real life. This it is, yeah, this, yeah, like, this, <laughs> it's not, this ain't pretend, buddy. This really fucking happened. And he was yeah. trying so hard to like contain his laughter. 
It was horrible. Nice. Yeah, and he, he's supposed to be the well-adjusted kid. He is yeah, supposed scary. to be. <laughs> Wrong. Wrong. I, so I was laughing so hard. But anyways, also related to Friday the 13th, getting off that tangent, the water was very, I, I said it straight up. Like oh, she God. was swimming. I was like, Jason Voorhees. Oh, dude. When I, I, I saw the setting for this, I immediately got Friday the 13th vibes. And whenever I read about the kills, I'm like, they stole so much from this movie. I know Friday the 13th, Sean Cunningham directly uh, admits that he got the idea for doing Friday the 13th from uh, Halloween. Like he's not, he doesn't even yeah. lie about that. He's like, I wanted to make a version of Halloween because it made so much money. Yeah. Um, but he did not admit that he stole from this. And I mean, the setting of this feels, I mean, yeah. they've got an abandoned resort that teenagers are playing around in and get fucking killed over. A that boathouse. Is, yeah. That is straight up Friday the 13th. Um, I, I can go over that girl getting ass naked and jumping in that, that lake. Like two eggs <laughs> and a hanky. Well, not like that, but then like it cut to the front of her and it looks like she had her, her wussy ra- waxed. Yeah. And that wasn't a very common thing back <laughs> no, then. No, I was like, she didn't dude, have a bush no, no, at all. No. Yeah, like you got no direction here going on. It's all just bare, bare woods. She, I, I thought personally she had a gorgeous body, a uh, little flat butt cheeks, but it's okay. You know, the rest of her was was happening. Um, but <laughs> going back to the, um, the, uh, the, okay, there's a sign that says Bay of Blood in Italian. Did you see that? I did not see that. No. Very Camp Crystal Lake look. To it, I'll see if I can find it and I'll send it. But there was a sign. It was like Baya, um, Baya something, and I was like, oh, I know that says. Oh, well, no, it's something Baya something. So it didn't say Bay of Blood. I'm sorry. It's a, it was the Bay or something like that. But it's Baya, and it was Bay in Italian. I did not Google that. I just kind of knew that. I mean, based off of Latin, so whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, so that gave off very uh, Camp Crystal Lake vibes in terms of the sign, and then. Um, in general, oh God, where was I going with that? With that sign, well, and you had a proto doom prophet in in the the crazy mystic neighbor because she was the one warning that something oh, yeah. bad was getting ready to happen. You know, <sighs> always got to have the doom prophet. <laughs> uh, I'll tell and you on what, the though, scale of annoying doom prophet, oh, she's God. up there. She is up there. <laughs> but I will say this about this movie being or Friday the Thirteenth ripping this movie. Um, what movie is everyone talking about more? I mean, I've never even heard of Bay of Blood. Well, yeah, I mean, if, for, well, I mean, Friday the 13th, there's such thing as taking, you know, inspiration or outright copying stuff and doing it better. Friday the 13th did it better. I mean, it, it did. I mean, yeah. it actually had a story. <clears throat> and and the story, well, but also, you, t- you take the fact that Friday the 13th did copy from this and it did copy from Halloween and it cemented that whole thing about a final girl, the stalker, took the giallo stuff about it. The, Friday the 13th, I would argue the original with Mrs. Voorhees is the most giallo-like slasher that we ha- that we will review, the original Friday the 13th, because you don't see the killer. They don't wear a mask, I mean, really. And, um, you know, and it's all like off in the shadows, just like the giallos did. Yeah. You know, so... It took a lot of inspirations, but it mixed them together and made a perfect cocktail. That's the reason it became <laughs> famous. Yes. <laughs> and it had a, a retarded uh, mongoloid uh, hillbilly kid, you know, that popped up near the end of the movie. And that always helps things. I mean, <laughs> because you want to add a scare factor, you know, add a mongoloid hillbilly and you'll scare some people. A mongoloid hillbilly? <laughs> I mean, what would you call Jason Voorhees? I mean, that's, oh, yeah. that's what he is. Uh, he's a precious boy, is what he is. He was a kid from uh, the city sure. coming out to enjoy the country. Sweet, sweet See boy. See what happens when you let city boys in? <laughs> 
I'm going to say two. I like the kill where I think it was uh, Simone got his head chopped off, or Simon got his head chopped off. I love that. It is so cheesy, but it was just like no, perfect. You it, know, it was the wife. Or yeah, yeah, that's who it was. Whoever it was got their head cut off, clean, cut off. Like, yeah, or no, she did. Yeah, there was the one, but I thought that like Simon got, or maybe he just got his throat cut. Somebody did something like his throat area because it like completely disconnected dabbed a few times or something. And he was swinging that, uh, blade thingy at the guy, even though he was dying. I can't remember if it was in his throat or whatnot. You know what? But I yeah, you're right. The mystic lady got her head cut off. That's yes. what it was. And then that was then a her horrible husband, the bug enthusiast got choked by, uh, which yes, was the, the telephone cord. Movie, yeah. Uh, phone cord. You know, the part that I, did, that I couldn't wrap my head around was the part where she smashes the boiling water in his face. Oh, yeah. But but the whole time, it's like you can see her walking to it, grabbing it, staring at it, and, like, he's just sitting there talking to her. And then he opens his eyes up, like, no problem after yeah, that. the like... water's ripping, boiling, <laughs> and she hits him in the face with it, and he's just like, no, I'm good. Yeah, there's there's a lot of cheese in this movie, like a ton of it. I, his the, face the, would the, have my... blistered immediately. Oh yeah. Well that that's one thing that, that Deep Red did perfectly. When that, that killer like burns the the woman the author's face in Deep Red, her face comes out, it's got welts, it's got blisters, it's red. They did perfect. I mean yeah. you felt the, the burn in that movie. So um but this is a way cheaper, you know, movie and not as well done. So there's a reason why they didn't even think to do that. <laughs> I personally loved loved the ending. How goofy it was! It's like you know, you got the two killers that's left. They think it's like, oh, now we've got the bay for ourselves, and then pop, pop! <laughs> it's two fucking kids that shot them. Well, what got me <laughs> is like, so what were they? They were like, they were like ten yards out from them. Yeah, it was close. Yeah, it was not very far at all. If you hit somebody with that shot at that range, there would have been debris everywhere. <laughs> They did that. It was the classic cheesy Western kill where like you get like high caliber bullets. It should be like ripping chunks out of bodies. And literally the only thing that happens is they fall over and uh, kind of clutch their stomach and die. That's that's what the death was. Okay. Well, here's the thing too. Let's put, let's, let's bring the movie X into this for a minute. Cause I just want to talk about the scene where she shoots Jenna Ortega's face off or she, or she's trying to shoot the shotgun. I'm sorry. This is not when she shoots her face off. And the co- recoil throws this old lady back, Pearl. Okay, she can yes. barely handle it. Yet you have two tiny little children here, just <laughs> boom, boom, like nothing. And of course, the, it's too way early of a film for that to be in perspective. But and it, it's and they also, well, I mean, even westerns at the time were throwing in a little bit of realism when it came to recoil. But uh, the the funny thing to me about this, that's the reason I love it. It's so cheesy and so bad. Like the fact that the kids think that they fired a toy gun, there is no way in fuck that a gun that's that powerful is not failed enough by the kids yeah. that they're not scared to death about what they just did. Our parents and, but played instead, dead it's so like, good. Oh, yeah, they're, they're the moment they hit them, there would have been carnage everywhere <laughs> and blood dumping. <laughs> and not only that, there was nothing set up to be like these kids like knew there was a gun in the place or... Oh, no, they... You talk about the Chekhov's gun where you set, you show a gun and then later you see it used. This is the opposite of Chekhov. This is the complete and total opposite. The Chekhov had no gun, but Chekhov had a gun whenever Chekhov needed to shoot. Yeah, I don't know. and I know <laughs> this isn't. This is so early. Rules weren't established yet, but it's just these things that even in just common sense, that you know. <sighs> I don't know. It's just like, oh, there's the. Although, I, at the beginning, 
Okay, so the the, the parents, I, I guess, I don't know if they were parents or if this was just a guy that married that daughter that wanted to get the uh, the bay. I don't know, but it was weird because they were living in a trailer. Yeah. Like, on the property or? Well, because. I'm confused. Like, it, it, I'm trying to. The setup wasn't very good with this. Because... No, it was not clear at all. And, and if he was supposed to be, they didn't establish. If he was daughter to Filippo, then there, or Filippo, however his name was, it, then he should have, they would have been grandkid, or she would have been the granddaughter to Frederica. But yes. they acted like Frederica, that he was like, that she was the the child that Frederica didn't even know about or something. And then of course, Simon was the child that Frederica yes. had that, that Philippo or uh, Filippo didn't know about. So yeah, the illegitimate none of that one. made sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, and not only that, but I mean, I know that. Okay. So I caught this and, and I, th- and there was a lot going on in this film, so I could have this mixed up, but there was something going on to where she had told her husband, well, you know, we wouldn't be in this predicament if you had just listened to me in the first place. And I didn't know what it was in reference to, but they were basically, basically allegedly poor because of him he had made some kind of poor choice or something I don't know again this is something that I kind of picked up and I know that they were trying to inherit the base she was the heir heir apparent so yes she was the next in line to get it uh, as a legitimate relative yeah which Uh, is why she had to find her dad's body (laughs) that's why it's important because if she finds his body they have proof that he's dead He's not a murderer. And uh, and she had to find the will. That was the other part. Uh, because yes. That's why she was at Franco's because Franco had, had found the will. And yes. that's why, you know, she was trying to uh, she was trying to kill him because that, that whole thing. But yeah, putting it, these puzzle pieces together is very fucking difficult. It's like it being super like pitch black inside of a room and you're like, okay, I've got these pieces. What? On the table. It's even, it's even worse given the nature of how they told the story yes. because, like, they literally didn't reveal any of the characters' backstory until they were getting ready to die. It was almost like they had flashbacks, oh, yeah. you know. Oh, yes, and, yes, and yes. Right- but the funniest part was, yes, they live in this trailer, and these parents are having an argument, and he's like, we shouldn't leave the kids, and she's like, fuck them kids, you know? And She literally was yeah. saying, fuck them kids. They're fine, whatever, and they're in the trailer, and then you just see these two shadows looking out, and I'm like, those kids fucking hate her, which is funny. <laughs> I still wouldn't have expected the ending that we got, but... It was pretty fucking hilarious. I'm like, like she's I a said, bad mom. The real question is, David, how in the fuck did this make $60 million? <laughs> well, because was this $60 million, Like, was this international? Was this primarily? I think this, it- was, I think this was total. I think this was probably, if I was guessing, I didn't research this. I think this movie was probably one of those drive-in movies that, like, you know, teenagers, uh, you know, oh, moved, yeah. there was a little bit of tits and ass in, there was a random deaths, a plot that made no sense, so you didn't have to pay attention to the movie, and you literally went to the movie to fuck, so you didn't care what was on the screen, and this was the perfect movie for that, and they did that a lot back in the day when drive-ins were, you know, more popular. Yeah. <laughs> the heck. Anyways... <laughs> Um, I was thinking that it was more of a, an Italian thing. Like they support their own because some of these movies do good in their own really, really, really well in their own country. 60 million in a, in a country like Italy. That's hard to pull off. No, it had to have made money outside of that. Not much maybe, but it did have to make money But maybe surrounding areas, you know, even then like the EU wasn't a, I mean, they're still coming out of world war two to a degree. Mm. That's all I have. I mean, I just, I can't think of anything else. 60 million is. If we're breaking down the movie, the story's kind of dog shit. Uh, the <laughs> acting is not really there. 
the visuals, this looks almost like I was talking about with a bad independent movie. The lighting is very oh. flat. It's very natural. Uh, there's a few interior scenes that are lit better. He does do some artsy stuff with the kills. I'll give him that. Like it's better than a, than an independent movie when it comes to the kills and the, and some of those scenes, but it doesn't stand out as like it, you compare this now, sweet Alice. It's not. Day. Oh yeah. Like, Completely. I mean. <laughs> but you know, what gets me is the amount of switching between night and day that happens. From oh scene yes. to scene. Is oh, over. and I love that it's got that cheesy night uh, where you can tell that it was filmed during the daytime, but then they just crank down the contrast yes. on the film. I know, like <laughs> one scene, like literally, they're in like the dark, dark, dark time of night, and like you, like the next scene is like a minute or two later, and it's like daylight. They like, like walk across the street, and, it's and then like, all of a sudden again. it's night again, and like it just keeps. I was like, "What the? Like, what are you guys doing?" Were, that was a lot of the cheaper movies during this time period, especially those black and white gothic films that they did. You would see it all the time. Like they would have scenes outside that was like you could tell it's filmed during the day. Well, going back to uh, the uh, Spider Baby, I mean, like the nighttime scenes of Spider Baby, obviously filmed <laughs> at night or during the daytime and then like you know they cranked down because like it was the lighting was weird like you know i don't I, they, they they try to pass it off as something that that would work but i mean the human mind is or you know it can't be tricked when it comes to that i mean it's there's a weird twilight effect that they do when they make make the scenes like that because the, the light's almost coming from under the ground because it, it they can't turn it down enough to where the bottom of the you know the effect disappears so you're seeing like this line that almost looks like daylight light right above the ground but then everything else is dark and it's like Mm, is there a solar eclipse going on? Yeah. Like, you know. What's the situation? <laughs> um, I am going to say this. Uh, the blood, fucking terrible. Looks like red. <laughs> not even, I, would, I wouldn't I even give it, ketchup would have looked better. It was thick. Uh, it was thicker than the consistency of ketchup. So it was like a mixture of like maybe a thick paint. Maybe if it's something a oh, little yeah. bit thicker than paint. This was Dawn of the Dead level paint and I and I or blood. And I say that because I love Dawn of the Dead, but I always thought that with that movie too. Like there's several scenes, especially because they decided in that movie to make the zombies like that pale blue color. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Savini was trying to imitate the black and white effect of the zombies from the original film, but oh. on color, the, the paint turned like a bluish color, or on yeah. film it did. So, like, whenever they would do the scenes where the blood would come out of these zombies, like that thick red blood mixed, you know, contrasting with that, that it looked like paint. Like, I mean, it does not look realistic at all. Yeah, that, um, that was terrible. It's sad that Psycho had more realistic blood than yeah. any of these movies that came like a decade after. Well, and they also had a little bit of a cheat code. I mean, black and white, they, they were able to cover up the fact that it was chocolate syrup, you know? But They, they could, but they, they, they made the consistency look real The consistency real, at least. was so good. As, yeah, as it was going down the shower drain, it was looking pretty good. Um I'm going to throw it out here because uh, I know you we start can... getting just throwing out tangent. You don't start getting good blood again until the 80s. That's when yeah. they started coloring it darker red. They thinned it out to where it looked, you know, more realistic. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to kind of recap what you just went over. Story was hard to follow. The acting was mediocre at best. Visuals. It's a slasher film, so there's that. Uh, and that's all I'm going to say. And the music, I can't. I'm sorry. I get, I get that this is an Italian thing, but. Near 70s porno. Uh, yeah, I, cu I couldn't. I just I just couldn't. So. <laughs> uh, you want to move on to the trivia? Yes. 
Uh, so like we said, Friday the 13th and Friday the 13th Part 2 pay homage to this movie by lifting two murders from it, one in each movie, almost shot for shot. Uh, the locations in all three movies look the same because they're near a, a you know, a body of water, you know, abandoned resort, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, the shooting location didn't have woods, so Bava created the effect of them by setting up tree branches to pass through for the camera to pass through. So, according to Laura Betty, the trickery would look so silly during filming that the cast and crew would often laugh hysterically. He would literally hold tree branches next to the camera and then kind of pass it through. Oh yeah, <laughs> which there was definitely trees because there was people hiding behind trees. Maybe just not woods, but there was some thicker areas of, of there was more a trees. Few trees, but he yeah. made it look more wooded than it definitely. Was. Okay. Uh, which is actually to his credit, it, you think in your mind that, that it's more wooded than it is. It yeah. actually worked. Um, <clears throat> due to the film's low budget, most locations of film belong to the director, Mario Bava, or members of the crew. The interior of Countess Frederica's home was shot at a favorite villa of Bava's, and the interior of Frank Ventura's country house were shot at a summer home owned by the producer. Hmm. Okay. Um, the film's low budget resulted in Mario Bava being his own cinematographer. He had to utilize a red, little red wagon uh, for the film's many tracking shots. Oh, That's my God. That's how low budget this was. <laughs> uh, Dario Argento loved this film so much, he had a friend who was a projectionist steal him a print of the movie during its first run in Italy. The theater ended up showing Hatchet for the honeymoon, 1970, to replace the selling print for the remainder of the film's run there. Oh, my God. Uh, about a week and a half, according to Argento, he possesses the print to this day. So he still has the stolen movie oh that, he, that he got his He had buddy to steal to his own him. movie? No, that, that was Argento that stole oh. it from Bava. Okay. <laughs> um, often consider Mario Bava's most influential film and the film that started the slasher craze, which is still popular. Many fans of the genre consider this the grandfather of the modern slasher. I'll give it this. I can say it is definitely, you see where they got slasher stuff from yes. in this movie. If I mean, even if it is terribly made, it definitely has slasher vibes to it. Yeah, well, I'll give it the granddaddy of uh, slasher. I'll say the movie isn't terribly made. The story is what makes it hard. To it's, follow, especially. Yeah, it's <laughs> like you're, you, you're running. It's not so much you're running multiple stories in one. You're running multiple incoherent stories into one. It's literally pepper by the butthole surfers. It's one death after another rattled off. That's what you're getting from this and the ways that they died. He wrote the <laughs> intro like the song, that song. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> to ensure the, or the utmost realism in depicting the 13 different murders, Mario Bava insisted that Carlo Rimbaldi be hired to provide the special makeup effects. Well, that didn't work uh, out. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I mean, it's probably realistic for the time. I mean, they had some shitty looking death scenes in the movie. You got to remember at this time, they literally were. I mean, that scene at the end we made fun of where they get shot and they fall over. That's yeah. literally how most movies were in that time period. Yeah. Um, I will tell you what looked good the dead body uh, of the dad that was found in the bay. Yeah, the floated one. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't bad. That one looked good. Yeah, I'll agree with you. Uh, and it was even grosser when they had all the squids like sucking yeah, on his face or whatever. That was funny. Ugh. And his eyes kept opening and closing. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> One of the 39 films that were successfully prosecuted under the Obscene Publications Act in the UK, a list commonly known as the Video Nasties. Oh, yeah. Um, I always laugh when I hear that Video Nasties. <laughs> 
One promotional gimmick was that every ticket holder was required to pass through the final warning station where a theater worker warned you face to face that this may be the last shock film you will ever want to see. I'll give that a credit as a gimmick. It's not as good as the stuff that William Castle did with tingling the seats and all that. But I mean, making you get face to face with somebody and then basically threatening your death. If you watch the movie, that's, that's a pretty good tactic. I wonder how many people turned around. Favorite of, of all the films he made. What was that? I wonder how many people turned around. There had to have been at least a few people that like, you there know had what? been some, yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe I shouldn't do this. I wonder if they like backed off though. If they're like, no, 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 just kidding, just kidding. You like it? It's it's great. I watched it. <laughs> just kidding. They probably did that. They didn't want to lose money. Yeah. Reportedly, has more alternative titles than any other movie. Uh, one of the re-released titles for the movie was Last House on the Left Part Two. Even though this film has nothing to do with Wes Craven's <laughs> Last House on the Left. Um, in fact, it was made a year earlier than Last House, uh, oh. the original movie. Uh, when Christopher Lee first saw this movie, uh, he was reportedly so disgusted at the level of violence that he left the theater in protest. Ooh. Can you imagine Saruman slash Dracula walking out of your movie because your movie was so uh, violent? No. <laughs> what the hell? Different times, people. Different times. Uh, the origin of the film was Mario Bava's desire to work with Laura Betty again. Betty had previously appeared in Bava's Hatchet for the Honeymoon, and the two had gotten along so well they can, uh, concocted the premise of this film for another project together. Mm. This is almost like the story between Ty West and Mia Goth. Oh, yeah. Just in a different time period. Uh, Mario Bava personally suggested the title Twitch of the Death Nerve for the American release after hearing it was being marketed as a sequel. The film was uh, released under both titles. Okay. Uh, he re- deeply regretted the scene where the bug is pinned alive. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I deeply regret the fucking premise of your film. How about that? The film only had numerous, uh, not only had numerous titles, but also several working titles through the production. Among them, the stench of flesh. Thus, do we live to be evil. And that uh, that will teach them to be bad. And Ecologia del Delito, Ecology of Crime, ended up being the first title the film screened under in Italy. This is harder to follow than the storyline. The titles that they've given this movie. None of them, a lot of them don't make any sense. I mean, Bay of Blood, no. I'm glad Bay of Blood was what was settled on because that makes sense. Yeah, it, and I mean, they're dumping, Simon's dumping the bodies in the bay. That There you go, that's, that's the sense. In the United States, the film was marketed as the second film-rated V for violence during its uh, first release. So cool. I wonder what a V for violence film would be like nowadays. That would have to be fucking brutal. Uh, If Terrifier can't get it, then Terrifier 2, then nothing will. What is Terrifier and Terrifier 2? What are those, just R? NC-17? No? Oh, my God. Uh... Yeah, they're just rated R. I would have uh, back in this time period, they wouldn't even allow them mi- movies to be made. Yeah. But that's a whole different thing. That would be a, like a little bootleg movie. <clears throat> hey, kids, you want All the right, good stuff? We're, we're on the rating section. I'm going to tell you, if I'm rating the movie based on its quality of how it was made, one one and a half. Mm-hmm. As far as how much I enjoyed it, I'm giving this a three and a half. I, this movie's so fucking goofy that I, <laughs> it was so bad it was good for me. 
I really did. I was sitting there, especially when I almost clapped when I saw the kids shoot the two last people. I was like, this, this is one of those bad, like movies that Tarantino would have championed back in the day, you know, just bullshit, like terrible, terrible visual effects, terrible acting. Uh, you're lucky that the parts of the movie just like in Grindhouse wasn't cut out and, you know, like patched together, like, you know, and whole scenes missing. I mean, it's just one of those Grindhouse type movies and, I, I don't know. I just dug it. I was, I was like, well, at least, you know, I mean, even if it is bad, it's it's uh, enjoyable kind of bad. I, um, I felt like, but with Tarantino, you know that he's, like, riffing on the film. And so you no, know. But I'm talking about the movies that inspired him. That's those true. really bad movies that he liked. That's yeah. what this reminded me of. <sighs> I do. It's it's a one and a half for me. I could I by the way, I stayed awake for this movie too. So that's Well, it was so insane, I don't know how you wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, that's it's true. Just I'm sitting there and I'm like, what's gonna happen next? So I'll give it that. You know, we'll bump it up to a two for that, okay? I stayed awake. Um uh, ir- irritated from beginning to end with this movie. The irritation never went away. I did not get a headache, so I am grateful for that. Um I, it was so hard to enjoy, but don't worry because get, strap your little butt cheeks down, everyone, because every slasher movie we're going to watch this season is going to get on my fucking nerves at some point. There's Well, this is the reason, A, that I'm going to bring this up now. We are changing our rating system when we get, you know, I actually passed this because they're all slashers in some way. Even if you call the original Chainsaw a proto-slasher, yeah. it's definitely a slasher when it gets into the sequel. So we're in slasher territory after this. Yeah. Um, slashers are all te- technically bad movies. <laughs> uh, some of some of them had good plots, yeah. uh, despite the fact. But they're not like they're not they're not psycho. They're not like I mean, re- revelations and like you know these amazing plots or anything. You know what you're getting into with a lot of them. It's like you know you got a unkillable slat, you know serial killer, a uh, final girl. Uh, all the tropes. So that's what we're going to actually be rating our movies on is superlatives. Like when we watch like the Friday the 13th movies, it's going to be best boobies, best kills, you know, that sort of thing. We're going to forgo this because they're all probably 1.5s, 2.5s when we get right down to it. Yeah. I, I didn't want to technically rate this one because like I said, it is, if you go by technical specs, it is a one or one and a half at best. I just enjoyed it for the bullshit that was in it. I mean, that's that's seriously where I'm at with it. So yeah, I mean, I feel like okay. So if there's if there's 13 kills in a film, and this one had 13, right? Yes. Would we rate them like one out of 13, or are we just gonna be like my favorite kill was blank? We would just say my favorite kill, like so. For instance, we we don't have a selection with this. They never made sequels, which is probably a good thing. Yeah. We killed off everybody, but. Um, <clears throat> Friday the 13th, if we, uh, so my assumption is we're going to break them up. There's about 10, 11-ish movies if you throw in Freddy versus Jason, although that might be its own special episode. We'll have to see. But if you, but say you got Jason X is like the end and you got Friday the 13th part one, one through five, six through 10. And then in those individual movies of those, what was the best kill? What was the best, you know, mask for the killer for Jason, for instance? What was the best? weapon that he used i mean you know there although he used a machete in most of them there are other kills that he's got and those are more impressive um just stuff like that you know just ranking that you know like are we gonna watch all of them you know are we gonna watch all of them 
uh, I don't, I mean, I personally was hoping to watch all of them and then just, you know, basically, I mean, there, there's all the same plot and then just kind of discuss the ones that we like the best. Cause I'm I mean, just going to have no my son sit in for me. Benny's going to be with you on that. Show. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I will watch as many as I can. I don't know that I'm going to be able to watch all of them. If you have to skip some of them, that's fine because literally it's a bulk rating. So if you didn't see part five, because it technically doesn't have Jason Voorhees in it, which it does not, uh, it's it's the Friday the 13th movie that doesn't have Jason other than in a, a, a dream sequence. Um, that's perfectly fine. I mean, oh, it, but as long as as long as you as long as you see a few of them, yeah. like the highlights, you know, we don't have a lot of time because next month is our Friday the 13th. Yes. Yeah. Well, but we're not doing all of them. I know. We're just doing like the first half. The first. Okay. So. I can do that. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I forgot we did discuss breaking it up. But anyways, going back to uh, Bay of Blood, I will say, and I've already mentioned it, my favorite kill was the woman dying at the beginning, the paraplegic, because I just, it was the more realistic death. It looked good on camera. It's so funny to watch. Though. It is it's funny just, to watch. I'm not, all of them were funny to watch, quite honestly. Oh, they, they were, yeah. So, I mean, they were, I was laughing the most at your favorite death scene, which was the impaled uh, sex uh, couple. Oh, God. I, I, I was, I saw that and I'm like, I'm in for this movie now. <laughs> this, I was half dozing. I was like, the kill with the billy hook to the face that did several times and he kind of pulled it out and it had that, like that mushy effect. Yeah. I was like, that's good. But then I saw the two impaled with the, the rod and I'm like, Oh God, you sold me now. Like I, I'm in for it. Let's, let's, let's ratchet this up. And I would, they, unfortunately that was the peak, but still there was some good ones after that. Yeah. I don't think I would have stuck around, been able to stuck around. It would have been an absolute snooze fest for me. Had I not seen that lady die the way she did. And then immediately the person uh, that was responsible for it gets shivved right underneath her. Um, I was like, I, I cracked up yeah. over that too. I was like, man, you're going right out the gate with this. Yeah. Like, you know, the killer gets killed right off the bat. That's what I need. So it, this, this entire movie is a two for me. I want to give it the credit that it's one of the earlier ones. I just was, I really wanted to jump off the ship as quickly as I could. I made it through the entire film. So I think I deserve a fucking cookie for that. <laughs> I, I knew you were going to have problems with one of the two of these. I honestly thought it was going to be Alice, Sweet Alice, more just because the kills were less uh, goofy and out there. Um, yeah, well, uh, I the, felt like they looked more realistic. Um, and not only that, like the mask, the scary mask was effective. I get the Catholic lady. Like, I get that. I, I really do think they're a psycho, as that lady was, some of them. Uh, and not only that, Bay of Blood had this thing that it kept doing. I know that they were trying to be artistic. It was annoying the shit out of me. But it was when the camera would go out of focus and then come back into focus. And it was the same scene. It wasn't like it went out of focus and then you come back in on a, something slightly different. It was like, oh, we're going, we're going to pan in on this couple making out and we're going to pan back in. You know, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I get your playing yeah, with camera tricks. The only th I think that's what we were talking about that sold it so well in, in Alice Sweet Alice versus this. He gave the movement illusion of the camera like yeah. you're, you're 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 not seeing static shots where literally since all he had was a damn wheel you know like red, little red wagon <laughs> yeah. that he was rolling the camera around in his way of creating movement and not just static you know shots was to zoom in and out and yeah, that, yeah obviously that's not a good way to do that. But yeah, whatever. I didn't like it, baby. What's your rating of uh, Bay of Blood? <laughs> That's a very lurch <laughs> comment. He loved it, everyone. It the story made it so just 
I liked a lot of the murders and stuff like that and the deaths that they pulled off. I, I'll, I'll, I'll give it that 100%. But, man, it was just... That plot's convoluted as fuck. There's it, no way of saying butts about it. Yes, and it made it so hard, dude. So, What was your favorite death scene? The hatchet in the face one was dope. That one, and, and it, it's really hard to top that up for the most part. But if I had to choose, that would be the one. Yeah. I, don't know, I give it maybe like a two point eight. Oh, it's higher than me. That's kind of that's worse technically than higher than me if I'm just rating the movie on its merits. Yeah, I mean, and not enjoyability. <laughs> yeah, he stayed awake for it, so there's at least that. It wasn't. It was. You got remember. I, I liked. I mean, I, we've joked about this off air before. I mean, I, I like my pretentious, you know, like A twenty four elevated horror movies. But you give me a good cheesy, you know, like Evil Dead type movie, as long as it's, you know, got. I mean, well, I would argue Evil Dead's like actually well made, you know, even yeah. for like a student art film. But like, there's other movies like that that, if if like Troll Two. God Almighty, that's a horrible movie. Like, that's not even a point five, or mm-hmm. that might be a point one if I was rating it on the merits of the movie making it itself. But when you see a kid literally get up and piss all over his family's dinner plates just because, like, you know, uh, you know, uh, some, and he's and he's uh, literally says, "I'm pissing on your hospitality," and that's how the movie begins. You've got me. Like that, this movie's batshit insane. I'm going to stay with it for the rest of the movie because I want to see how fucking awful it is. Yeah, it's one of those type movies. Oh my and, god! And uh, I, I got vibes like that from this movie. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't so terrible that it shot it way up there. Like we're going to be reviewing with Silent Night, Deadly Night Two, but I mean, which is a lot better about all those things. I mean, Garbage Day is my favorite thing I've heard in a long time. But we'll get to that. Yeah, I haven't seen Garbage Day in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think Raina's ever seen the movie. Oh, you! I told her I was like, we're not technically uh, we're we're reviewing the first one and then Black is it, Christmas. Is it garbage? But we're day going or to trash discuss day? part two. We're going to discuss it. I mean, what, is the movie Garbage Day or Trash Day? It's literally just Silent Night, Deadly Night two. But there's the but everybody knows it is that because of that line. And I want her to comment on that line. I want her to see that. Why do you guys torture me? <laughs> really? Like, I don't know. This is, look at, I think the fans should know I'm gonna, it, it's gonna, it's gonna be a rough season during, I, I, but I, I, I think that slasher season's gonna be rough, but then I think that zombie season's next, and I'm like, I don't know how I'm gonna survive, so pray for me, everyone. And with that, peace be with you. And with your spirit. <laughs>